The following program is intended for mature audiences. Gentlemen, let's broaden our minds. It's Big Boom Radio Friday, people, so it's time once again for the Big Boom Radio podcast, Riffs and Rants, with Johnny Teflon and Michael Sean Lee. Both barrels, both sides, and a lot of good music, too. All I know is this violates every canon of respectable broadcasting. Indeed it does, my friend. Indeed it does. And we'll be right back, folks, after the first gem of the day. I'm sad alone in a boggy marsh. dynamite very eclectic call Jim. right i like it a little bit of lump right there oh, by the president of the united states of yeah. america circa off by the way the album of the same name president's united states of america yeah. uh 1995 yeah. that was that was good fun man that was one of my favorite albums of the 90s that was a very unique year too yep. 1995 suddenly like the the whole grunge thing was kind of receding mm-hmm. and it was making room for you know, really eclectic, off-the-wall shit like the President of the United right. States. I actually saw those guys. They were a three-piece, mm-hmm. and this dude was playing what I think was called a bassitar. Oh. Yeah. He, he took, you know, a regular guitar, and I, if I remember correctly, he moved, like, three strings from it. There was no guitar, really, Ingenious. with these yeah. guys. And it was 
fucking brilliant. Yeah. And they yeah. didn't even put out a lot of material. I think all told, no, they, they had like three albums. Yeah. And then, and much later on, like a redo of this particular album. Um, but catchy tunes on it. Hey, man, they did their job. You yeah. know, they came, they saw, they kicked some ass. I remember having this album. I, I took a long drive with it up to my cousin's because he yeah. was getting married. All right. And whoa, whoa, wait a minute. You were getting married? No, my cousin was getting married. I was going to say, Jesus. So I went all the way up to upstate New York from Atlantic City, New Jersey up there. <laughs> and it's one of the few CDs I had in the car. Yeah. And oddly enough, when we were on our way out to you know, have some drinks tonight for the wedding, as soon as he got in the car and he heard this, he's like, oh, wow, President's United States of America. Nice. So they were out there. They, they oh, were absolutely. known. but Absolutely. You know, just never really took off. But that's okay. It makes it more special to oh, us. Yeah. Well, their eclectic nature... You know, was was the 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 double edged sword for these guys. Yep. You know, it was what really really cut through the bullshit at the time and put them out in front in front of everybody. And it just it wasn't something that you could sustain. Right. And I would do you know one of their other hits, Peaches, yes. when I would play live <laughs> at places. Yeah. And damn it, if every time I didn't play that song, you'd get the whole crowd People singing. People go nuts. And you wouldn't think yeah. again. It was mainstream enough that everybody would know it, but they'd be screaming at the top of their lungs. Oh yeah. Well, they were the epitome of a reverence. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's what really appealed to people, I do. And it's funny that we used that particular song. Mm. This is a Johnny's Gems episode, by it is. the way. Yep. Yeah, Johnny got creative on this one. i got to say, John, I'm impressed. But you, you approved everything. You were there in the think tank with me. I was, I was, I was digging it, man. I was digging it. And truth be told, folks, we were getting a little frightened because we couldn't come <laughs> up with three that we wanted to have, you know, meet a particular theme, which we kind of like doing now. Yeah. So we'll wait for the big reveal at the end if you don't figure it out on your own. Mm-hmm. They all, all the gems, have something in common. Yeah. Which, speaking of having mm. things in common. Yes. Depends how you look at it. It depends on how you look at it. If you're happy and you know it, go fuck yourself. All right. Yes, folks. It's time for another episode (laughs) of It Depends How You Look At It. And when we do this skit, it's all about some very common quandaries which uh, could mean different things to different people at all, yeah, like one the title si- suggests. Uh, yeah, one side or the other, and which side are you on? Sure, the yeah. yin and the yang. Indeed. And God knows, people do have a difference of opinion these days. On yes. a lot of different things. Yes. So generally, um, I'll ask the questions. Of course, play along at home. Mm. And I will ask these, these questions of the everyman, Michael Sean Lee, <laughs> and uh, find out his take on it. And you know, if I'm the everyman, we're in deep shit now. Oh, deep now. shit, yeah. Deep shit. Okay. Welcome to the world we live in. Yeah. All right. So what do you got, John? Well, uh, question or situation number one. Yes. Gender reveal parties. Oh, God. Self-indulgence to the extreme. It's a man, baby. Or new fun pastime. You know, I'm probably going to run contrary to leftist <laughs> uh, philosophy and dogma and propaganda on this, but I think generative reveal parties are a whole bunch of bullshit. I mean, I don't mean to break it to people, but nobody really cares but you. You know, it's, it's, it's not a, 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 a golden day. It's not a, a revelatory day <laughs> to discover what gender your kid's going to be. I mean, it's not like you can change it or something if you don't dig it. You really can't, but... And, when it comes to like gender reveal parties that like set fires that burn down cities, <laughs> they know, are getting some bad press. Yeah, as, it's, as of late, it's, it's just. I, I really do think, uh, quite honestly, that that's one of those things that nobody gives a shit about but you. But here's the thing: you could spice it up because right now you've got blue, or you've got pink for yeah. boy and girl, respectively. Yeah. But what Which if? It's pretty cliched. I got to sure, say. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Oh, they'll they'll find a way to tear that down I'm too. Sure. I'm sure. I'm but sure. let's say, oh, I don't know. If the smoke was purple, 
Oh, you're going to have an abomination. <laughs> or you could have a prince. Or a prince. You know, the purple <laughs> one. It could be. Or a grimace. Or a grimace. Yeah, but like, do something like that. And, and, you know, you could throw gambling into it. There so you give your, your attendees a scorecard with odds. Yes. And maybe a 7 to 1 odds that, that the smoke's going to be red. Because if it's red, clearly it's the devil's spawn. You know, have fun with it. <laughs> Take a look at the father, size him up, see how much lead you think he's got in his pencil. Folks, by the way, this is Johnny Teflon's wheelhouse, okay? <laughs> Former gambler extraordinaire. Yeah, my wheels are actually turning out. We could have some fun with this. But uh, anyway. You know, I like that idea. If they could, you know, somehow, you know, make it a, make it a risk of some kind. Uh, exactly. Uh, yeah, I like it. Right? I like okay. it. Okay. All right. What so, else you got, John? Well, that was simple question. Number one. Uh, okay. Number two. Returning shopping carts to the corral. Politeness or doing someone's job for them. Interesting. I, I think that you're not necessarily taking somebody's job away because they still got to go out to the corral this and retrieve. True. You know, when they're pushing that like, long, long train <laughs> of carts back into. Well, but sometimes I, they have that little engine, too, that they can they like, really? they yeah, use. I, it to you know, of, I've seen that. I've yeah. seen that. But, you know, a little funny anecdote that goes with this. A long time ago when I was a punk ass... Uh, well, come to think of it, it wasn't that long ago. He's referencing but, last uh, week, folks. Yeah. <laughs> I, I used to be one of those guys that would get a running start and launch oh, the shopping the cart you know, back into the corral. And then when I'd come to the supermarket the following week, you know, I'd pull, a, pull a, a, a cart from the stack, and it'd be damaged. And I'd be like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> the and, one with the busted wheel. Yeah, and in one of these days, I, I, had a revel- I had an epiphany. I had a moment of clarity, mm-hmm. if you will, that I was the asshole yeah. breaking the carts and then coming back the following week Upsetting bitching about it. Upsetting the universal balance. Yeah, so I kind of stopped doing that. But no, I don't think that's taking somebody's job away. I now, don't know. do you I mean, do what that do you or do you just No, I stopped them? doing that. I stopped okay. doing that. You know, it, was, it was even too obnoxious for me. Right. Well, see, I'm, I'm known for my penchant for an orderly society. This is true. This is true. <laughs> so for me, these, these happenstance carts or, you know, God forbid, there's one on like the side of the road for no reason. I mean like a random reason. cart in the parking lot? Yes. Yeah. That, that's probably, honest to God, in my top three pet peeves of all time. Really? Random shopping carts. Yeah. Because nothing says, welcome to the ghetto, other than a sign that says, welcome to the ghetto. True. Then a random shopping cart. Right before you hit that first bail bonds place or yeah. We Buy Gold, you know. <laughs> oh, there it is, honey. It's a random shopping cart. I don't see a Wahlbaums around here. Well, let me, let me throw this out there, man. <laughs> have, have you ever noticed how people let the random shopping cart go in the handicap space? I well, mean, fuck them, because the handicap spaces <laughs> have... <laughs> that's your sound bite of the week, right? Now, I'm a little pissed off, and I'm glad you brought that up, because right. why are the nicest cars in the parking lot always in those damn handicapped spots? I have noticed that. I and then somebody gets that. out of it, and they're, they're perfectly fine and healthy. So you know it's like they're old grandmothers or something. I hate that shit. Yeah, yeah. So again, fuck them. <laughs> Let's, uh, uh, moving right along here, <laughs> Moving folks. right along. Not that I have an opinion either way. <laughs> fuck them. Okay. Yeah. Swerving to miss uh, running over a squirrel. A gentle soul being careful or spastic jerk risking an accident over a rat. Wow. You know, it's, I think that's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I, I really Take think... Take a stand. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> I really think it's a reaction um, depending on how uh, impaired you are as a driver. Right. Um, I mean, how many times have you heard stories of people swerving to avoid deers and hitting trees? Exactly. You know, nobody would do that intentionally. And that's the, uh, that's the disclaimer at the bottom. Let's say this is a fairly busy roadway. Yeah. Not a neighborhood. Yeah. Okay? 
does that change it for you? Well, you'd have to be aware of who's around you and who's behind you and who's right. on either side and whatnot when you make that decision. I mean, obviously, if you're going to careen into somebody, the squirrel is toast. Right. Um, and, and oftentimes, unfortunately, I see some blue hair coming in my lane in the opposite direction because <laughs> there's a critter running across the road. Not, well, not a fan of that. You got to drive <laughs> defensively, man. That's a, that's a regular thing. I mean, I'm, I'm originally from Massachusetts. I'm a mass hole behind the wheel. My condolences. And into the art, <laughs> you know, the aggressive driver thing. Sure. You know, and, and that entails being aware of what's around you. And, uh, and yeah, you know, if, uh, if a squirrel or a, a chipmunk or whatever is right in front of me, I'm going to have that nanosecond right. of awareness of I can swerve and get around this, you know, poor little critter. Mm. Or, well, shit, he's about to have a really bad day. Right. You know? Now, me being from New Jersey, where, of course, everyone knows the weak are killed and eaten, <laughs> I myself had an experience with some of God's creatures crossing the road. Really? And I braked, but the uh, young man behind me did not accordion to my car and sent oh, the, the car stereo flying past my right ear because it was back when they could just you would remove back them those so they days, didn't get yeah, stolen. I remember you know? that, yeah. um, what kind of critter was it? They were geese. It was a family ah, of geese. Little okay. goslings and everything. You know, the ones from Canada that yeah. are really polite and shit on everything. Well, I don't know about you, but I'd also be considering how much this, this whatever it is in front of me is going to wreck my car. Well, there's you know, If you're going to hit geese, you're going to have Feathers and geese shit all over the place. And as a matter of fact, growing up in the Jersey Shore, I once drove into, because it was flying low. Oh, no. <laughs> can't really? make this shit up. Get out. A pelican. No. And the pelican went beak right into my grill in my 81 Cougar XR7. <laughs> oh, man. And I had two of my buddies in the car, and they were, they just, we just looked at each other in silence. Like, if we didn't just see that happen, yeah. you would never believe it. Did you hear like a thud when it hit you? No, it was like a spiky sound, and my first fear was that the beak went through the radiator, but Ooh. it didn't. It oh, just wow. messed up the grill. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, you know, it comes down to, I think, it, it all depends on what you're about to hit. Right. It's, but it's got to be about, you know, where are you, like you said, awareness. be aware of your surroundings. Awareness, yes. But just doing it to do it, I mean, stop. Okay. All right. Yes. Okay, how about this one? Shopping at Whole Foods. I know you're a fan. Uh. Health conscious mecca or status symbol. Well, I will qualify this by saying, yes, I am a Whole Foods chopper, or shopper, uh, you know, pardon the cliche. Mm -hmm. um, but Do you go there on Birkenstocks Wednesday and it's like 10% off? I usually try and skip, <laughs> skip Wednesday. But if, if, if there was such a, such a thing as, uh, or such a topic as shopping in contempt, oh, yeah. uh, that would be me. That would definitely be me. That's a great title me. for a future episode. You know, we, may, we may do that sometime. We may have to. Um, I do think that with a lot of people... Um, it's a health issue. It's a mm. health thing, a health consideration. But there is most definitely a segment of people where it's a status thing. Sure. And that's where the contempt comes from. Right. You know, they are, they're prancing in Because in when Whole Trader Foods. Joe's doesn't say, I've arrived enough for you, <laughs> you head on over to Whole Foods. Whole Foods is a little more highbrow, I think. Sure, A little sure. bit more highbrow. But yeah, there's definitely status conscious people um, in Whole Foods. Uh, I... Pretty much expressing my, my Whole Foods Massachusetts experience. Um, when I was living out in Southern California, it was a completely different situation. It was a collection of eclectic, uh, really, really nutty individuals. And, uh, and it actually made shopping fun. And, and you know, occasionally there was a, there was a, a, a 
sighting, I guess you could say, of a celebrity of some degree or another. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was just you know just like it's it's fascinating everybody to see somebody that you've seen in movies or on TV and whatnot sure. doing something as mundane and human as shopping. Mm-hmm. Um, it was definitely an eclectic experience out there, but in Massachusetts in particular, it was you know look at all these assholes. Well, now that you've um, you know been back up in the Northeast for a while, have you had the uh, the occasion to visit a Stu Leonard's? No. What is that? Oh. Stu Leonard's, because uh, I don't think it's national. I think it's just up here. There's like four Gotta or five be. locations. Yeah. Is a supermarket meets Disneyland, basically, with a, with a sprinkle of Ikea thrown in there. Really? And I say Ikea because it kind of puts you on a set path through the store. Yeah. And as you go through the store, there are different uh, departments and, and cultural themes and ethnicity to the different foods. Mm-hmm. They sell fantastic food and everything's made fresh there. I mean, it's, it's an experience. Yeah. And there's even like animatronic figures. Like, uh, really? I mean, uh, yeah, it, it is a whole production that changes with the seasons. Yeah. Um, not cheap, but definitely a different uh, supermarket experience. Yeah. I think the closest one to where we're at, there's one in southern Connecticut, maybe actually Southington, Connecticut, okay. or Newington. Yeah. Um, and I went there with a friend, and my first time in there, the first thing I, I thought of was that it's a small world ride in <laughs> Disney World, because every aisle they had these little animatronic children at yeah. the top of like the, uh, the shelf. And I'm like, this is equal parts cool and, and, and weird, you yeah, know, but... Yeah. Well, I discovered a long time ago it's not a good idea to go shopping when you're stoned. Or hungry. Or, or when you're... <laughs> oh, yeah, particularly when you're hungry. And if you're hungry and high, that's a double whammy. Right. Um, right. It's just not a good idea. It's too confusing. It'll mm-hmm. spin you around. And there are some things you see that will traumatize you for life, <laughs> if not longer. And it sounds like this place is especially a place that you do not want to yeah. go in there high. I mean, I personally, I don't know about you, but I usually go to the supermarket on Friday night, which is weird enough. And I do try and be a little buzzed when I go just because it's Friday night. But it's definitely an alcohol buzz as opposed to an anything else buzz. Mm-hmm. You want to lay off that shit. But this sounds like an interesting experience. I'll go there sometime just to check it yeah, out. It's definitely the worth The whole animatronic visit. thing is like, wow. But yeah, definitely yeah. don't go there high. And the fact that you just can't go in <clears throat> and run around. It's, you're on a set path like Ikea. Yeah, you know? yeah. Sounds like an interesting shopping experience it to me. It sure is, my friend. We'll have to do that one day. <laughs> okay. So what else you got, John? How about this little nugget now? All right. Julian Assange. Yes. He's back <laughs> in the news. Right. Let's, let's do our little... Okay. Movie. Okay. Um, slimy Euro trash. <laughs> or... Uh, Freedom Fighter. Freedom Fighter. There you go. <laughs> uh, he's, he's one of those guys. I don't know what happened to him. Once upon a time, he was... The freedom fighter and fighting for Initially, the little guy, right. and, and and you know he came up with this idea of WikiLeaks, and I I get the impression it went to his head or something, because now they're trying to throw him out of England. Yeah, he's like know? an aging rock star at yeah. all these different embassies that he's been shacking up in. And he's what was OJ's uh, house guest? Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Kato. I know who you're talking Kato, about. Kato, yeah. he's like the Kato Kalin. Of international espionage. Yeah. His, <laughs> nobody his, wants him. Well, and, and everybody's out to get him. Yes. You know, you say nobody wants him to hang, but everybody wants him so they can put him on trial. Exactly. You know, he's burned too many bridges. He's made too many enemies. And the public seems to have lost interest in him. Right. You know, I remember a time where that was headline, headline stuff all the time. And, uh, and yeah, that time has passed, and it looks yeah. like maybe his time has passed. But the thing that was never, at least I, I never was, was clear on, was how was he getting all this information? 
which he wouldn't divulge his sources, which has started this whole yeah. hullabaloo. Mm-hmm. But if, if I'm a country in question, like the United States, he would not be the one I'm going after. Yeah. It would be where is he getting this stuff from, which is generally somebody within our own government, yeah. okay, or the military. You'd think that would be the first consideration. Yeah. But right now, just in case anybody's not aware of it, He's facing an ex- or he's in an extradition trial in uh, in the UK, mm-hmm. and they're trying to bring him back to the United States because he's been charged with seventeen different Oof. counts of espionage, um, and and he fancies himself a James Bond type, and he's in deep shit. Yeah. He's in really deep. Now, shit. what about that other pencil neck, Daniel Snowden? Like, is he still in Russia? I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't. I. I there was something just recent. He was in the paper recently. Uh, with his opinion on something. Mm-hmm. And the, the article didn't state where he was, but no, he left Russia a long time ago. I don't know where he is right hmm. now. That's a, that's a really good question. He's another one that if, if they have I mean, there was a flurry him. of these characters. And then the yeah. um, dude looks like a lady, Chelsea, oh, Chelsea Manning. Manning yeah. <laughs> it's another one. I mean, just... And their names get bandied about here and there as far as getting uh, a pardon, yeah. you know. And I think the last one they spoke about was... Um, Snowden getting a pardon by Trump, yeah. and I'm of the opinion, especially because, well, not so much in Julian Assange. He's a private citizen and can dabble in whatever he wants to do, you yeah. know? Yeah. But the other two, one was an employee of the Department of Defense, mm-hmm. and the other was in active duty military. Yeah. So for them to divulge any secrets, to me, it's pretty Fucking cut and dry. You're a traitor. You're either going to Leavenworth for the rest of your days, or you're going to stand up in front of a firing squad. Well, a liberal interpretation of the rules, that's, that's exactly That's what we correct. have a year for. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I think it all depends on what you're divulging. Mm-hmm. That'll play into how much time they sentence you to. Right. But again... And from what I hear, Leavenworth is not a fun experience. No. It's not like those other federal no. bed and breakfast penitentiaries no, they put people not in. Not a country club by any <laughs> means, by any stretch. If, if they're throwing you into Leavenworth, that means they're really pissed off at you. Super pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's... Again, you know, the literal interpretation is you did commit espionage, you did break the law, and... Right. you would go to the House of Pain. Yeah, but it's, it's, I guess, up to a judge to determine how long and, and how nasty your offense was. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a sketchy one. It truly is. Well, that's our, our lineup for that little <laughs> snippet of It Depends How You Look At It. That was, that was some fun. Food that for thought. Fun. Food for you things. You know, you people to go back to the water cooler at work. If you're at work yet, uh, discuss it. We like to... Here at Big Boom Radio, we really like to stimulate intelligent conversation. Yeah, and, and, and one could argue that, uh, that there's no right or wrong in a lot of these things. Right. Um, it's just your opinion. Depends how you look at it. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Isn't right. that just like life? Yeah, it's just like life. <laughs> so on that note, we're going from one thing to another. But first, we're going to break it up with another award-winning gem. Nice. Yeah. Another one of Johnny's gems. John, what do you Johnny got for gems. us here? We should tell him an hour later. Mm. I'll give him a snippet. It's about a girl, and it's from the 90s. Okay. And we'll be right back with some more things and stuff right after this.
Stone Temple Pilots, huh? We have not even played anything to them. This is true. Out of almost 40 episodes. I know. What the hell's going on? I was going to say, talk about an oversight. Jesus. Jesus. Never mind Birkenstocks. We should be wearing Crocs. (laughs) They're so nerdy. That's right. Well, that was was a hell of a call. Um, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but that was Stone Temple Pilots' single biggest... um, Single release, the, the most popular song mm-hmm. out of all the stuff that they had released up until that point. Out of an album that didn't do too didn't well. Didn't do well, number four, <laughs> you know, which, yeah, which is kind of odd. Usually if you have a single that blows up like that one mm-hmm. did. Um, and I do remember when that came out, that was yeah. everywhere. Cool, creepy video they oh, had yeah. too. Yeah, just, and didn't, yeah. They have, didn't they have, who was it, uh, Sarah Michelle Geller? wasn't she in there? Maybe. Yeah, the, the provocative chick who was all over Scott. Maybe? I, I, think, I think so. I think so. It looked like her. Either that or it was a Sarah Michelle Gellar lookalike. But hmm. either way, you know, very attractive woman. Right, so. right. But, uh, but yeah, that was, uh, that was another strange time in, in popular music, 1999. Yep. And, uh, and, yeah, Stone Temple nailed it with that one. They really nailed yeah, it. Good tune. I mean, a lot of their stuff is just so good. Everyone knows we're Agreed. both big fan. One of the, again... Few uh, groups we agree on. Yeah, um, always a big fan of Stone Temple Pilots. Absolutely. Uh, that's why we went with Sour Girl. I like it. Yep. I like it. Good call. And speaking of agreeing on more than people know, <laughs> nice segue, John. There you Very go. Good. Right? Yeah. <laughs> um, this is a point that I constantly, constantly get back constantly and, and hammer on. Um, just because you know, once upon a time, I was a member of mass media manipulating public mm-hmm. opinion, and people. Uh, most of them don't know. You're a glass half full kind of guy. A very, well, I'm a, I'm a glass half kind of guy. You okay. know, or half a glass. Uh, well, of I'm a big scotch, fan of, yeah. of half a glass, at least. <laughs> on ice, you know, I prefer. But no, when it, when it comes to that particular, uh, that, uh, I don't know what you'd call that, that, that gem of wisdom or whatever mm-hmm. is the glass, half empty or half full. Personally, I think it's always just half. And it just depends on that whether you're so looking vague. down on it or looking up on it. Um, wow! Just a conclusion I've come to, uh, you know, That's courtesy of a lot. You think of that in a planetarium when you're looking <laughs> up at Laser Floyd? <laughs> it, uh, you know, it's just my just my take on things. All but, right. uh, but yeah, one of the things, and and yeah, we've reiterated. As a matter of fact, we we nailed it uh, with my little editorial last week. Um, I don't trust uh, the media's perception of where the public is at. Not at all. I don't think that this the. The just roadblock the the grim uh, partisanship that we're seeing in Washington. I don't think that's a good example of the public. I don't think that reflects the public mm-hmm. uh, public opinion where we're at and whatnot. And along comes this uh, new national poll by the uh, National Opinion Research Center for the uh, Harvard Kennedy School 
uh, Car Center for Human Rights Policy. It is a bit of a mouthful. It is, but it sounds legit as hell. It kind of does. It came out of Harvard. Um, you know, depending on whether or not you think Kennedy is, is a legitimate name or not. Um, it could nice. go either way on you. In there. But uh, yeah, apparently, apparently this study found that 71% of Americans believe that we have more in common with each other than many people think. Go on. And this included 78% of Republicans, 74% of Democrats, and 66% of Independents. Huh. So yeah, the, the Indies got on board on this one. And it's just, I, I kind of think it's verification for my personal opinion, just from my Now, why was it only 74% of, of Democrats? Could they not get to the polling stations? I don't know. Maybe they I could have mailed know. in there. Well, choices. they're going to have to count some more ballots this week, I think is where that's at. <laughs> I, I do. I think there might have been a little bit of delay. But, uh, but no, the survey came up with some interesting... interesting. Uh, Give us some uh, uh, snippets there that you like the all most. All right, all right. Um, even in areas where controversy over rights seems especially intense, 50%, or excuse me, 57% of respondents believe that racial diversity makes the U.S. stronger. Uh, 66%, and mind you, this is both Republicans, Democrats, and I guess independents as well, 66% mm-hmm. believe that new immigration, or new immigrants, good for the U.S., um, this is potentially controversial. 72% believe that a woman's ability to choose and make decisions affecting her body and her personal life should be protected. And one of my personal favorites, I love this one, Uh-oh. because this is another point I keep hammering home. Uh, 86% of the respondents think that social media companies should be regulated to protect the privacy of personal data. Yeah, it's, it's wow. I mean, it's... Let's dissect those, shall yeah. we? It's, it's always been looked on as a slippery slope, the idea that social media mm-hmm. companies should be regulated. But I think these idiots have done so much damage. Yeah. I think that you know, your Googles and your Facebooks, and you know I don't like Mark Zuckerberg. I think he's an Ivy League douchebag. Um, they've gone too far, and they've gotten too arrogant, and, yep. uh, and there's a public backlash coming. And it's a, it's a threat that us as a society never saw coming because Sony would still equate Facebook with a place to put up pictures of your new car or what you ate for dinner, right? But the thing is, when you've got that many eyes on something, Mm -hmm. we're talking, you know, looking at it from 30,000 feet from a sociologist perspective, it is so easy to nudge the needle in any direction, both subliminally and outwardly. Mm -hmm. And let's say, I'm speaking purely for a friend here, that... The average Joe on the street has multiple Facebook identities. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you could, again, and I always said um, a lot of those ridiculous things that they've got on there, like when it shows a, a picture of a little kid with cancer, yeah. and they say one click equals one amen, or, you know, how many likes can this get? Yeah. You know, there are companies out there, and let's, let's expose them, bring them out into the light, like the cockroaches they are. A lot mm-hmm. of them do emanate from India where they guarantee we'll get you X amount of clicks and likes and fans. When it comes to groups and Facebook, you can rename those fuckers anything you want yeah. like a different day of the week. It's not like an individual person that mm-hmm. gets traced back that has a limit of, I believe, 1,500 followers. Groups can have unlimited followers, yeah. and all you need to do is somebody go in and edit the name of it. So when you're clicking on something for a cancer kid or uh, the men and women in uniform... Be very careful what you're <coughs> excuse me, clicking on because the next day that could be followersofhitler.com. Mm. Well, you, you, you talk about unintended consequences and unforeseen things. Mm. Whoever thought that this, you know, this 
social media thing, Facebook, could be seized upon by foreign governments, right. foreign agents, and used, you know, to manipulate people. Yeah. Because look, you know, to other countries or other areas of the world, Americans are extremely predictable. Yeah. Because everything to us is a shiny toy. Mm-hmm. And it's full of knee-jerk reactions, and we instantly fall in love with stuff, and then we wear it to the nub, and we get bored, we move on to something else. Yeah. But, you know, my biggest thing I've always said about, about social media is that it gives everybody a voice when in reality, even in a democracy... We all don't need a voice. Yeah. And many people don't want to hear what you have to say because, <laughs> you know, like a lawyer once said to me, you never want to be judged by a jury of your peers yep. oh, and God. put that in air quotes. Yep. There's no normal out there. So for everyone of, you know, your Uncle Jack on his, uh, his fishing trip, and that's why he wants to put pictures up there, there's a lot of loony bins posting just look at politics. Oh, yeah. The, the right-wing nut jobs that I, I got to deal with mm-hmm. and the, the left-wing uh, wing nuts th- that are out there. Oh, yeah. I mean, when everybody has a voice and they try and weigh it evenly, that's called cacophony, and that's all it is. It's not a choir. It's not a beautiful symphony. It's chaos. Oh, at yeah. best, it's white noise, but it works. It's chaos. Mm-hmm. And the way everything's going these days, I'm just thinking, personally, the last thing we need is more chaos. Yeah. So well, it, 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 you know, you mentioned this, this as far as everybody having a voice. The theory uh, the founding fathers had in structuring our government wasn't so much that everybody had a voice, but everybody had a representative Correct. who had a voice. And it's, it's, that whole concept is So the most diluted. popular ideas could be brought to debate. Yeah. Not every idea. The most popular ideas and yeah. ways of thinking. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people will always continually shit on the two-party system. Oh, God, yeah. You know, we have a two-party system because if you break down the most ideological differences, it tends to be, like most things in life, 50-50. A yin and a yang, this side and that side. Yep. And you could throw in independence, which really all they want to do is upset either apple cart. But the two-party system works, but you've got to stick to those particular tenets mm-hmm. and, and those beliefs. Yeah. And sadly... Most conservative Republicans really don't know the original platform of the Republican Party, as there are many Democrats that have lost sight of what the original dynamics of the Democratic Party were about. Agreed. Yeah, it's it's become diluted, and and convoluted, and uh, and drowned out. It was funny. uh, I think it was the comedian Jim Jeffries. Uh, once made a joke about how this has created communities where there shouldn't be communities. Right. Like, if you were, like, say, for an example, a pig fucker. Yes. You know, prior yeah. to the, the, <laughs> the coming of technology and the advent of the Internet and Facebook and whatnot, you were pretty much solo, and you were pretty much in the corner, and you were alone, right. and you were you know, keeping that shit on the down now low. Now you found like-minded individuals. Yes, <laughs> and it normalizes fucked up behavior. Right. You know? And leave it to an Australian to have this observation on Americans. <laughs> yeah. Case yeah. closed, right? Yeah. One, of the, uh, one of the interesting things that this, uh, this study brought up, the survey brought yeah, up. Yeah, give us another one. Uh, it said, the crisis of recent months, the pandemic, the economy, uh, you know, all the, all the stuff going on regarding racial injustice and whatnot, uh, has caused most people, and in this survey it was 85%, to think differently about the role and the responsibility of government and citizens in protecting the lives, livelihood, and rights of all Americans. Uh, majorities now believe that neither the government nor citizens are doing a good job of respecting rights. Right. And, yeah, it's, it's that whole mob mentality. It's that group mentality. It's, you know, you see it on Twitter. 
you know, this, this mob mm. descending on people um, whose opinions or actions they don't agree with. Right. The you first know, like, move is to attack. Yeah. And, uh, and we're definitely suffering as a society for it. Mm-hmm. You know, this isn't, this isn't improving our lives. It's, right. it's making them more complicated than they need to be. And truth be told, I'll share this with the audience, because as much as I playfully jest with you and, and, and throw out, you know, criticisms and whatnot, <laughs> um, truth be told, I am often the one that comes to the table at our, our pre-show meeting, what do we want to talk about and everything. And I will say there's certain things that I, I just don't want to talk about because yeah. I'm so pissed off. And truth be told, it's because I have a propensity, like so many others, to believe the hype. And to drink the Kool-Aid and just see things that make me irrationally angry to the point where as an educated man, I can't speak rationally and play devil's advocate about something. So that's when I'll come to you and be like, Mike, not today. Can't can't talk about no race today, no (laughs) politics today, you know. Well, there's a there's a lack of moderation to all this. This this new methodology of communicating and disseminating information mm-hmm. uh, that is sorely, sorely lacking in public discourse. Right. You know, we're a very, very diverse country. You know, we have states that are bigger, you know, places like Texas, California, New York, that are bigger than countries around the world. Sure. And they're all part of the group, if you will. Mm-hmm. And everybody's uh, opinions and, and, and everybody's positions have to be taken into account, but at the same time, Politics is the art of compromise. Exactly, and that seems it's a lost to, art. It's it seems to have been, and and all you've got now with with the the uh, Facebooks and the the Instagrams and the TikToks and whatnot is mob rules mentality. Right, and it's it's again, I don't think it's an accurate representation, truly, mm-hmm. of where this country's at and how people feel about things. Right, and you know, again, this 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 study revealing that most people don't feel. That we're as divided and is you know at each other's mm-hmm. throats uh, as is being portrayed by the media right. and is being betrayed or <laughs> actually Freudian slip uh, <laughs> being portrayed by the state that our government is in right. that Congress and 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 whatnot are in. And very simply, I mean anybody can realize that you can't build a community on winners and losers. You can't because no. they'll never be united in anything. Mm-hmm. And this to harken back to what you just said. This is the reason for compromise. And this is why this country, in its lifespan, has been able to move past certain elements, other than, let's say, slavery, which drove us to war. But in every other instance, it's always been founded on the ability of people to get together and make a compromise. So you might not be thrilled as shit with what you come out of it with, but you get something. You get concessions for your point of view or your way of life. And in today's society, there's none of that. All it is is winners and losers. Crush them, F them, burn their shit down, you know, lock them up. There's there's no leeway. And which side are you on? (laughs) Right. Choose a side. Furthermore, since I have this list here, where do you stand on this? Show me your papers. Mm -hmm. It's scary. It's It's really scary. scary. (laughs) And it's it's scary to to project where it might be going. Right. And it kind of makes you paranoid and... Like you were like you were referencing, you know, you get to a point where you're so frazzled and you're so angry, you can't talk about it. Yeah, so yeah. I don't want to just want to lash this. out. Yeah, and uh, and it, yeah, I think it's that's it's creating an insecurity that doesn't need to exist. Right, and it's, life's stressful it's, enough. Oh God, yes. Yeah. And there are people that will very simply say, and I envy these folks. Why do you worry so much about something you can't change or you can't do anything about? 
Yeah, that's not how I'm wired, okay? <laughs> I am the guy that's worried about an android hitting the planet someday, and I'm certainly a guy that's worried about riots in the streets, even if it's occurring on, on the West Coast up in Oregon, you know? Mm-hmm. This stuff kind of bothers me. And we had discussed once, you know, how wouldn't it be great if I could just stop watching the news? But I need to, I have this urge, this primal need to, to be informed feel like you're about informed. what's right oh, and be absolutely. connected and know what's going yeah. on but there's no place I can go just to get the fucking news without the song and the dance mm-hmm. and the flag waving you know I, I just, oh it's disturbing it's like we were talking about before the show I, I hit a point when I was working in mass media where I, I had to drop it I had to walk away right. because it was overwhelming and it was burning me out it was mm-hmm. leading to some very very bad habits you know Bad habits that came from the the need to protect myself from this stuff. Right. And uh, and at the end, my conclusion was, I'm walking. Fuck this. I'm done. And I do still feel the need, like you do, to be informed. But I don't trust the people who are doing the informing. Mm. And uh, and yeah, that that makes you feel insecure. It makes you makes you really kind of uneasy about things. And it it doesn't need to be this way. It really doesn't. Yeah. And uh, and yeah, I, I do think. That there are people that are capitalizing on fear. Yep. I think fear is, is a, there's a huge market for it in this country. And I think that there are definitely factions, if you will, and this is going to sound paranoid as hell, that um, benefit from the country being divided mm-hmm. as sure. opposed to you know, unity and commonality of thought and goals and morals yep. and whatnot. You know, infiltrate, divide, and conquer, as the old saying goes. Peace never sold a single weapon. Nope. And love doesn't sell a lot of liquor. Unfortunately <laughs> not. <laughs> the, the losing love thing tends to tends right. to power the liquor. The sales. search for those things promotes both, Absolutely. but not yeah. once you're there. Once you're there, and you have a nice, calm, civil society. Yeah, it's a, it's a damn shame too. Yeah, it really is. But you know, at least we have music, John. We do. Yes. They haven't taken that away from us. Yet, although I believe Cardi B is trying. <laughs> I'm serious. That piece of shit. That's a story for another day. So what do you say? Do you want to hit gem number three? Uh, I'm thinking so, John. You've been on a roll today. I'm curious to know what you got up your Brother, sleeve for number three. it's only getting better. Nice. We dug deep into the archives here at Big Boom Radio Studios. Came up with one we both equally loved for its singularity and kind of out of place at a time feel yeah. to it. Uniqueness. Uh, it's a little tune by Mr. Edwin Collins. Came out uh, right about the end of 1995 off the album called Gorgeous George. And this song is A Girl Like You. We're going to play that right now. Let's do it. And we'll be back with some more things and stuff. Song from days of yore. 
girl like uh, you. Oh yes, 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 yes. Just a fun tune and with with a singular sound. Yeah. That I have coined as sinister chic. All right. Yeah. All right. And it's kind of like a, a vibe from. It's like Jack Kerouac meets Dean Martin's Go Go Dancers as sung by Nancy Sinatra <laughs> while listening to Inagata DeVita. You mush all that together, and that's Sinister Chic. I was just thinking of it in terms it was kind of noirish, kind of like Chinatown. Well, sure, you could say that, too. Uh, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, a fun tune. I remember, I remember that tune, and I remember when it came out, it was all over the radio. It was an international hit right. for, uh, for Edwin Collins. And uh, I'm not sure if this is true or not, but at the time, I remember hearing that uh, the song had been offered to both David Bowie and Brian Ferry from Roxy Music. Mm-hmm. You know, either one of those guys could have done a, a sure, amazing version of that. But uh, but somehow it ended up with Edwin Collins, and and he hit it out of the park, man. Yeah, it just you worked. Know? And that was 1995, mm-hmm. which again, you know, like we were talking about earlier with the presidents and Lump, that was a time when it seemed like anything went yeah. on the airways. You know, the whole grunge thing was, was easing back and making room for other stuff. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and a whole lot of funky stuff was hitting the airways about that time. Uh, being a Boston native, I remember that was the rise of the Mighty Mighty Bostones mm-hmm. and, uh, and the Squirrel Nut Zippers. Yep. And uh, just a very eclectic time in music. And, uh, and yeah, people, people were up for hearing that stuff. Yeah. They really were. And, the dawn uh, of the ska punk scene. Yeah, and it was good fun. It really was. And I like, you know, songs of that, uh, well, you say noirish, I say sinister <laughs> chic nature. It's one of the musical themes that I incorporate weekly into the Rockabilly Rumble, ah. alongside, of course, Rockabilly, punk, and ska. It's kind sure. of the, that fourth outsider one. Yep. Um, and it's just, it, it's fun. And it lends to the underlying, and this is where I get the, the title from, Underlying, not so much innocence. There's a little something sinister going on on the Rockabilly Rumble. Yeah. Sometimes you can put your finger on it. Sometimes you can't. But if if you know if songs like that, you know, um, never met a girl like you before, or something by Link Ray, yep, or um, something by say Amelda May, or one of these like really eclectic rockabilly artists, let alone the original ones from the fifties, yeah. with all the different lyrics involving like atomic war and Martians coming down and oh, everything, yeah. and uh, necromantics. Well, and, yeah, it was all a hint of yeah, you know, particularly the stuff from the fifties where you couldn't come right out and say yes, this in, a lot and, of double entendres yeah. in the the age of Betty Page. I mean, mm-hmm. you had a lot of that burlesque happening. Yep. And as much as they tried to keep it squeaky clean, you know what was going on, yeah. you know? Oh, absolutely. Stag films left and right. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of lends itself to that, and that's why I thought of that song in particular to kind of round us out tonight. Nice. Uh, and nice. hey, it was, it was a good song, and it was about a young lady, which yeah. all three of our gems were about. There was a theme here. Yep. There was a theme at work. Ladies of the 90s, let's call nice. it. Nice, nice. Yep. I like it. I like it. Songs, I mean, you want to talk about the motivation behind... Most guys first picking up a guitar. Yep. You know, usually it was guys who were malcontents, nonconformists, um, guys that just did not fit in. But and the rest. Yeah, but but young guys who were still horny and just trying to get laid. Yeah, you know, <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying somehow to get a little yep. attention. And, and still, there is no better way to accomplish that than being a musician. Absolutely. I man. mean, video games. No. You know. <laughs> 
hot car, maybe sometimes, but that, that's a labor of love in and of itself. Yeah. But if you can learn some chords, or even if you could just sing, mm-hmm. um, and maybe cook, maybe cook. It, it can't hurt. It definitely <laughs> it can't, can't hurt. hurt. You know. But yeah, that was that was always the big motivation. Um, is you know I got to find a way to meet some girls. And, and what pick it's, up a guitar. it's all about making yourself as interesting as possible. Yep. And uh, unique. Yeah. You know? And and then you write a song about a girl. There you go. You know? And, and uh, why you could only write it about her and no one else. Mm-hmm. Oof, it's creepy. It's almost like I said that to somebody <laughs> at some point or points. Yep. I mean, you think of all the great bands out there, um, with probably the sole exception of Pink Floyd. All their material, <laughs> all their material is about girls in one way or another. Off the cuff. Yeah. Your favorite song with a woman's name as the title or in the ooh, title. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Watch wow. it freeze up, folks. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is Lola, obviously. Okay. I, mean, I wouldn't have thought that one for you. I wouldn't have thought you said Gloria. That's hanging fruit. Fruit, pardon me. Gloria. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Gloria. I mean, I was a big fan of the Doors version sure. of Gloria. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, that's not the first thing that, uh, that jumps to mind. Um, Porno for Pyros had a great tune called Kimberly Austin. Not familiar uh, with that one. Off their, their second album, Good God's Urge. That that comes to mind just because that's the kind of music that I dig. Right. Um, what about you? What do you... What do you uh... Hey, I'm a child of the 80s, so mine's easy. Yeah. 8675309. Jenny. <laughs> that's super simple. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, if you're talking about the 80s, um, just God knows a bunch of tunes that, that had... I don't know what it was about the 80s that that, that was the focus, because obviously you didn't see too much of that in the, mm-hmm. the grunge era that came afterwards. Yeah, not at all. But uh, do you Unless remember... it's got like bloody in front of it or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Her name is but... Lisa, or corpse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something from Rob Zombie or something right, like that. Right. But yeah, one of my favorite tunes in Tune That Screams 80s was a Donnie Iris tune uh, called Leah. You remember that tune? Alia. Yeah, Alia. Okay, that's yeah. how it was sung, yeah. right? right? Well, that's yep, how yep. he pronounced it anyway. Uh-huh. I don't know if that was the exact song title or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, we were talking earlier about you know songs that immediately bring you back to the 80s that signify the 80s. What was the, uh, I think it was Steve Winwood mm. had a hit uh, with, the, with the chick's name. Really? Oh, uh, what was Well, if you think of 80s, Kyrie, uh, no. Steve Winwood's you know, higher love was the, his big thing back then. I Valerie, was, that's what it was. Valerie. Valerie, I'm the same boy I used to be. Oh, God, he's singing, folks. Yeah, horribly, too. <laughs> but there's so many. You got Elvis Costello with Veronica. Yep. Um, when you say Valerie, I actually think of the the uh, the Amy Winehouse tune, Valerie. That is a great version yeah, of that, too, by the way. Bruno Mars did a brilliant version of as well. We're going to have to play that one of these episodes. We probably so. should. Yeah. I really do. That's a cool tune. Poor Amy. I so know. Sad. I know. All right, let's not bring down everybody. <laughs> We're not here to be downers. No. No buzzkills here. We don't even do downers here. <laughs> See? We don't do downers, but we do drink a lot. We do. We do. And tonight's one of those nights. I'm back to drinking my... Super high quality vodka und seltzer. Mm. Is it seltzer or is it club is it soda? It's club soda now. Yeah. The, uh, the high noon sunsets are getting harder and harder to find. Endorsement deal. Endorsement yeah. deal. Because there's a lot of competition out there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm drinking a little bit of vodka and lemonade myself. I don't know what the, what the combo is called, but yeah. I mean, vodka and anything to me is. is you know what you're going to get. Yeah. It's, it's, it's an honest. Beverage. Hey, man, how many million <laughs> Russians can't be wrong? Right. You know? So we're going to keep doing that. We're going to let you folks go because that's the end of this episode of Riffs and Rants. But as always, thank you for joining us. And I'm Johnny Teflon. And I'm Michael Sean Lee. And we'll see you all on the flip side. <laughs>